Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo! to Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of June 1st, 2017. And coming up on Nintendo Voice Chat, we are kicking things off with... Uh 
multi deep conversation on uh, this morning. Hori revealed a headset for Splatoon 2 uh, that is just a really great reminder of the complicated situation of Nintendo's chat system on Switch. Then we're going to follow that up with games that we're playing. And finally, we're going to go into some news, including, let's see, oh my god, Monster Hunter got announced for Switch. Uh, there's some uh, other stuff that, you know what, I'm going to save it for later. But uh, really quickly, just a bit of housekeeping. Reminder that Nintendo Voice Chat is a show you can find on IGN.com. Just head on over to the show's page and look for Nintendo Voice Chat. If not, you can watch us also on uh, YouTube.com slash Nintendo Voice Chat. And then finally, uh, your podcast service of choice. You know, whatever you you used to download podcasts for right there and if you could leave feedback there please let us know we always read that stuff joining me this week pia schneider hello jose lana pierce hey. and jonathan dornbush hello Laura. what is that Ma- <laughs> uh, anyone who's watched master of none season two will get that okay mm. all right right over my head um yeah. but um something else that uh well let's just kick things off right so hori for uh, the first time this week showed us a splatoon themed headset that you will be able to use with your switch when you're playing splatoon 2 now this is a big deal because splatoon 2 is a big multiplayer game coming out this week and uh it requires a splitter and it has to basically feed into your switch but also your cell phone and uh, the internet has responded. It is kind of the joke of the in week. Kind. Uh, in kind. <laughs> and a reminder that despite all of the awesome decals and the attention to detail that Hori put into this product, chat on Switch will be clunky. So let's talk about that, right? Like, you guys have seen it. Yeah. Uh, Pear, why don't you kick it off? Well, look, I mean, Hori is obviously stuck with producing an, uh, a peripheral that works with Nintendo setup. And we knew all along Nintendo's setup for voice chat was going to require an app on your, on your phone, on your Android or your iPhone uh, with a separate Wi-Fi connection. Or, you know, if you don't have Wi-Fi at home, how are you playing online on your Switch anyway? Um, and it, it requires a split. That that was very clear to me. But when you see it, <laughs> then you realize it requires a splitter. In this yeah. case, I thought they did a lot with making it like squid shaped, and I did like you know that. the whole headset, the way it looks, is really really cool. And um, you know, as a Splatoon fan, I I really want it. <sighs> But why does it always have to be so complicated? Why can't it just be one cable? Or even think about the Pro Controller. Like, add 10 bucks to the cost of this thing. It's already expensive. But add 10 bucks and make that the central device for voice chat, letting me sync to the device rather than having to go through another one with another cable. And I, I mean, it looks ridiculous, and that's because it is. It's backwards. Yeah. Alana? Well, one of the things I'm wondering about now that, you know, we've sort of seen what it's like in practice is, what happens if it's draining the battery life on my phone really badly? Mm-hmm. At, at some point, it's just going to cut out because obviously that's going to be a requirement. And that's like yeah. one thing that I hadn't thought about beforehand is that you now have mm. two wireless devices that run on battery that could run out at any point that yeah. you may not be paying attention to. That's like one of my main concerns. But I think it looks really good enough that I'm, I'm happy that they figured out a way to do it that I think is also something I would like to own anyway. So mm-hmm. I feel more positive than I mm-hmm. feel like most of the internet does. Because I think it looks so cool. <laughs> I like the look. Maybe it'll preserve your controller battery because now you're not using voice chat through your controller. That's true. Yeah, which, uh, you got to charge your phone. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah, yeah. that was a concern I didn't actually think about, but totally makes sense, especially if you have an older phone, which the batteries deplete on those very quickly. Do you have to so have fast that? anyway. Yeah, so do you need to have that plugged in? What is the app that eventually will be used for all of this? How is that going to drain on your phone? Uh, it is a worry and a concern, and... 
I obviously this is Hori, so there may be other Nintendo products down the line that we may mm-hmm. see that help to offset some of this. Uh, but yeah, who, who knows? Oh no, I'm not for sure counting on <laughs> anything with this. Um, but <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm definitely hesitant for now. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it seems to be the product of just this multi, you know, sort of modular design that Nintendo settled on. I mean, yeah. to me, that's what this says to me because without uh, a, a Pro Controller, for example, if you remove the Joy-Con, would the, would that have meant that the solution was plug it into a Joy-Con and get like your sound via a 3.5 inch or uh, centimeter, whatever it is, jack uh, to, to basically talk to people. Like it, it was never going to be elegant, but this is just, oh, it hurts. Like it's such a strange and uh, unfortunate thing. And it, it reinforces the thing that always bugs me uh, sometimes with Nintendo products of why does everything cool come bundled with an apology, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like there's always yeah. that other side of the coin. So just something to throw out there. Yeah. That said, um, I don't think first party will alleviate it. I think you're right. I think that it's interesting though because the pro controller is ten dollars more. Um, yet it wasn't. They didn't think to include like the little port just to have like voice chat go through that. Yeah, and we don't know. Uh, again, we talked about this a little bit when it was first announced that uh, voice chat would use an app, but we don't know why that was done. Whether it was for ultimately battery reasons, right? Not sending so much data through the switch itself, you know, and depleting it, or whatever the reason might be when you're when you're in portable mode. Um, but it is, you know, in the end, it's a clunky solution. It's got to be yeah. a bad I'm happy yeah. we get voice chat at all. Exactly. So I'm, I'm sure. actually excited. Yeah. I was yeah. very worried that it was going to take a backseat, but also voice chat comes with asterisks again in that you might not be able to chat with strangers. Well, you can't. It's Splatoon 2. That's yeah. pretty much yeah. been set in stone. Especially in Nintendo's. Um, yeah, I and do feel like, you know, I play a lot of Overwatch. I never talk to anyone yeah, on there. I'm yeah. shy. I shy away from basic stranger interaction, but not everyone does, yeah. right? And there's a younger audience or a segment of the audience that wants that ability and they should be able to opt in. Like, I know Nintendo is very concerned about the safe space and that there are kids on the platform and I get that, but there is mean a, ones, a portion, uh, there's part of that still has to get put on parents and like you've done a good job so far with parental controls. I don't know if you follow, if your kids actually use your Switch using the parental stuff. Have you tried? Because you're, you're the one at the table who has the kids. I tried out the parental <laughs> stuff, don't know but my- I don't need it. I mean, what do I need it for? I have have my Wi-Fi router I can actually restrict access and I've done that because okay. one of my sons woke himself up in the middle of the night to watch YouTube so I first blocked the YouTube app he actually used his 3DS then to watch YouTube <laughs> yeah, like, I caught him another night I'm like Smart. I see it on my router and then I just kind of turn off the internet for all his devices at, at night but oh, wow. it's a military but, state but the, at Paris <laughs> but, but, on, but on the switch I mean it has good parental controls but when it comes to voice chat I'm like he's got a phone you know, he's he's got yeah. a phone. There are ways to to talk to people, to strangers on the internet. Like you just, it takes two seconds to to set up an account on Reddit or or if in a in a in a chat app in YouTube or or Twitch or whatever, right? Like you just dial you cannot, numbers on the phone. You cannot restrict your your kids from completely interacting with strangers on the internet. So you got to be proactive as a parent and tell them what not to do, how to behave themselves, and when they when they see somebody misbehaves, how to uh, how to report them. Yeah. Um. And I. You know, there are there are people out there who see Nintendo platforms as these very safe devices yeah. that, as parents, they can take a step back and they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, they're not going to play a like nasty game on it or or interact with people in the wrong way." And I think Nintendo's very protective of that yeah. um, perception, and so I think they're extra careful to to prevent anything that would paint them in a negative light. Yeah, no, I mean, and I, I went through this with my nephew as he was getting older and when he hit his, you know, 12, 13, and he's like, I want to start playing more games and I want to play more mature games. And I'm just like talking to my sister on the phone, just going, look, yep. 
this is a thing you're going to have to like let happen. This is not something that you should be restricting. But at the same time, you, you really got to reinforce like how, everything that you pretty much just said. But for the longest time, even I was nervous about it. And he's not my kid. He's my nephew. But mm-hmm. I'm still just like, oh, like I've, mm-hmm. I've heard how people talk on the yep. Internet. But you could have easily, if you were that protective as Nintendo, you could have easily built in a, a, a switch into the switch, a setting where you say, kid playing do not allow voice chat with strangers right yeah. the, the problem is that the restru- restriction is for everyone yeah. oh you yeah, have no choice, choice. Yeah. yeah personally i never chat with strangers I don't either. Yeah, um, either. on on any of the gaming machines unless like you know an nvc fan reaches out or something like that um so I, I don't care, but I want to chat with friends while yeah. organizing a Splatoon match and, and playing cool. What bothers me most about this chat solution, it is, it is basically how you and I were playing Splatoon anyway. We were Skyping. Using the Google, <laughs> Skype and yeah. Google Hangouts. I was yeah. going to say, if you're only chatting with friends at that point, if you have most of each other's numbers, why not just do a conference call and yeah. have it hanging out one ear? That's a really it's, good point. And That's it probably will it save more battery. I mean, yeah. I've played games yeah. like that before where I would wear two headsets. I would have like earbuds Same. in with yeah. a phone. And then, yeah, then like yeah. the bigger headphones over yeah. the top of that and that was oh actually because i was uh facetiming with someone like a group of friends in australia who basically their internet connection on the xbox the ping just wasn't high enough and i couldn't talk to them so it was like that was a weird solution where i was wearing two pairs of headsets but <laughs> yeah. it worked and this is effectively the same as that, yeah. Yeah. that no, luckily was... the app comes with more functionality right like inviting friends so yeah. you don't have this kind of double invite find somebody say hey are you online call me yeah it that makes is, that a little simpler it does stream like that it, sure. it's you're absolutely right yeah yeah, yeah. Well, uh, this is only the first of probably more products that are coming along. Uh, let's but see how... it looks how... so cool. It does. It, it does, does look great. Yeah. It does look cool, I got to admit. Um, but hopefully with uh, the, uh, you know, some of the other makers maybe can approach the splitter in a better way. Like, I don't know what advice to give. Like, yeah. I'm just like, this is going to be weird regardless. So the splitter is just a mixer, right? I mean, conceivably, somebody could just make a headset with two plugs yeah, but and when it could be a little... Imagine little when it's docked. Little. How long is that cord going to be across your living room? You can extend that one. You can yeah. buy a longer one. That's like a standard cord, right? Right? No, for yeah. sure, but it's still it's ugly, it's messy, like oh, yeah. it, it looks weird. Like, <laughs> all right, we got to move on. All right, so uh, let's talk about uh, some games we've been playing. Uh, the leadoff game. Why not talk about the one that's kind of in the moment that's getting a lot of promotion right now? Is Arms and the Arms Global Test Punch both happened? Uh, so we got Arms in the full copy. We also played in the Test Punch. So there's some things to be said, I think. Um, who wants to kick that off? Did you? Did everybody get to play it in the? Uh, did you get to play ARMS yet? I haven't played the final. Um, you've just my I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've watched that. you play it. So yeah. 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 So I, I played a bunch okay. and I played um, local too. Mm-hmm. Uh, co-op as well as versus and everything. Yep. And I tried out motion controls and stick, uh, stick button controls. Yep. Man, do I prefer sticks and buttons. Same. And it's just, you know, like, and, and by the way, my, my kids are using motion controls. My sons were playing it yesterday and fighting against each other. And I'm like, do you guys want to use the pro controller? They're like, no, thanks. Yeah. And they're just jumping around. They're punching. They're having a good time. And they feel like they're in control. It's not like some of the bad waggle games from the Wii era. Like my nephew, does, same yeah. story. Yeah, my, I, got a, I called my nephew this weekend and said, hey, are you playing yeah. ARMS? He's like, I, could, I will only play with motion controls. I have no interest in the yeah. controller. And, yeah. But when you play it with sticks and buttons... I feel like um, the times when I play with motion controls where I'm accidentally bending a punch are that's gone. It's very much it's more precise when I want to you know do a straight punch. Like if you're thinking of like the target uh, the target interludes where you have to smash the targets, mm-hmm. way easier mm-hmm. with a controller than uh, than with a Joy-Con. Yeah. Were yeah. you having fun though with the motion controls? Like was it a fun thing to yeah. mess around with for sure? Yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just fun and like the way you're holding the controllers with yeah. the thumb on the you know on the trigger for like. 
like yeah, and, and special jump and dash really where they good, are yeah. is really smart because it, those are two very important motions that should be mapped to something that's reliable. Um, I, I like you. The minute I got a, I like a controller too. in my hands, I, yeah, yes. we do. Heart. Um, <laughs> I. I think for me, though, it wasn't that I was twisting punches accidentally. It was that movement was a lot better for me. Like, I felt like I was much better at dodging punches. And uh, just yesterday, was was driving uh, someone in the building crazy because he couldn't hit me. He's like, why can't I hit you? I'm like, well, uh, you got to guess where I'm going to be. That's kind of what the game is asking of you. And I think it takes a lot of training to really understand the nuance of like how to bend punches properly. And I think that's one of the skill barriers that even though... They've lowered the skill barrier by making it motion control accessible. That's still one that it's going to take practice to get. Like yep. This isn't just you're going to pick up the controllers and be punching the next guy in the face. If he's not moving, sure. But if it's a good player, you're, you're, you're at a loss, I think. You can definitely. I mean, you <clears throat> challenge a, a street fight, fighter player from the IGN office, and he's really good. Beats the pants off everybody who walks in here. You challenged him to play arms, which was very mean because Street Fighter is so fast and, and arms is much more deliberate, right? Like you, you make the mistake and throw both punches at the same time, you're open, right? Like unless you're trying to grab somebody, you're open. You, you want to kind of time yourself and be careful with, with uh, curves. And the first thing he did was pick both of the shields mm-hmm. as well as his, yeah. as his gloves. And so they're like going slowly through the level and you're like, yeah, I, I, he was, sorry, Mark Ryan. That was me. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Mean man. If you're listening. Um, well, I was asking you a little bit about this the other day, but how do you think it's going to work uh, in terms of esports? That's where I'm not sure. Um, I think that uh, there's definitely a solid foundation for, for, for future iteration from Nintendo. I mm. think maybe a sequel can really attack that. Um, to me right now, I'm, I'm not sure if the esports scene will, will take to it. I think that there's a lot of character-based skill, which is really good. Like, no one moves like Ninjara. Like, the way you can confuse your opponents with him and just turn into a wisp of smoke and, like, teleport to another spot, you will drive people crazy. Same thing with another character, like Min Min, having her kick ability as a way to repel an incoming punch. There's a couple of characters who have that that idea of a, of a, of a counter, but they don't work the same way. Um, and so I do think that they, you know, Nintendo does a good job of giving each fighter a unique thing. For example, like Mechanica, she's a big heavy character because she's in a robot body. She can charge her punches in the air while she's floating, like and hovering. That's cool because charge, charge punches are everything. Um, but that said, I, I'm not sure yet only because, and I actually was talking to you about this. I feel like, and this is a weird way to p- present this, this game is like very Street Fighter meets Mario Kart. Like Street Fighter in that every character has a base move set and some properties to them. But Mario Kart in that you can race in any cart with any wheels, with any glider. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can use any, you get any weapon you yeah. want. Yeah, yeah. As long as you unlock it, that's what you got. Yeah. Um, so I'm just not sure how the meta will shake out. Cause, especially because to me, like some of the, the, the meta aspects why would I use anything else? Like, for example, there's a glove called the Chilla. I love the names, by the way. They're really good. Uh, But with the Chilla, if you throw that punch and it's charged, you will add an ice element to that person, and now they can't move quickly. So you can capitalize on that and put a throw out really quick if they were just trying to move. Now, obviously, they can counter by punching, but when you have the upper hand and if you read the opponent right... There's nothing you can do to stop yeah. that. Like, why would I use uh, something with a fire element that doesn't give me that? You know, like once yeah. I find a weapon like that, I don't see a People reason. People all have the same else. loadouts, but I mean, in terms of like esports, the way they approach that with Pokemon is just ruling out certain Pokemon. Yeah. And it's in theory they could do that kind of thing, like ruling out certain things, but there would yeah. have to probably be a lot of rules on. 
Yeah, I don't um, specifically. I think you know, I, I don't see. I think this is going to be a fun game that people will enjoy. I don't. I honestly don't see it succeeding in the esports circuit yeah. simply because of the the kind of more strategic way it's played. Right, like the the biggest esports. Uh, you know, whether it's League of Legends, Dota, Counter Strike, StarCraft back in the days, is they were all about speed and like you know the the best players were really fun to watch because they could like execute on a strategy so quickly. Whereas this game is much more deliberate, right? Hearthstone though is a, is a game that is very different and that's been succeeding. Um, uh, it it might be fun to watch the strategy element, like how good people are at kind of predicting what the enemy is, what their opponent is going to do, and how they react, and like the curved punches are very showy, and the combos with. I them. think it shows it'll really be well. Fun That's to watch. why I actually. I don't think it's going to go far in like the pro circuit, but I yeah. think it'll. Well, it'll I mean, be fun let, to watch. I think yeah. the the best answer to that question might be Nintendo's E3 strategy. They're going to have an arms tournament there. They have some pretty big names attached to it. They just revealed this morning, and I feel like that's going to be the 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 test bed for yeah. like yeah. how do people watch this and how exciting is it to watch now i, I saw think it's really tournament. good to watch that's yeah, why i, I hope that it does well because mm-hmm. it's fun to watch other people play it in a way yeah. that like as like smash bros when you see pro players play it it's so fast that they're basically yeah. breaking the game that like sometimes it's just like oh boy like, how did yeah. you like, dodge that what yeah. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's more, like whereas i feel like arms is like slightly yeah. easier to be no. like i could probably do that there's a, a twitch skill to it no you i was gonna say yeah. i feel like one thing that could help it at least in showing whether if it's not even an esports at least people watching streams of it or something is mm-hmm. the cast of characters like yeah. before it has even come out people have really taken to just the ensemble that is in this game and yeah. as you've been playing do you feel like they bring those personalities to the forefront um, wait, ask the question again. I'm sorry. sorry uh, I went well, just, somewhere else. How because, are the heroes? How, yes, yeah. how are the heroes? Well, I, just because I feel like people have latched on to the characters already. So yeah, yeah. Played. No, and it has that Overwatch quality to it, which yeah. granted, like, I mean, Nintendo's been making colorful characters forever, but oh. in, when I say the Overwatch thing, I mean in just that there is a lore, a, a fiction that's happening outside of the game yes. that Nintendo can drive in any direction they want. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is a big part of Overwatch as well. Like you hear, you know, there's certain details about Reaper they're finally going to reveal, and you're not going to get it from a friggin' 6v6 game. Yeah. You're going to get it via some other form. And I think uh, in that aspect, Nintendo, it, it was smartly planned. Yeah. The approach that they sort of took with Splatoon also. Yeah, yeah, f- to an extent. I, I will say, there's though, more that story in Splatoon, right? Sure. Like, there's a yes. little bit yeah. more oomph to the characters. Definitely. These characters, all I, f- I find them all to be really charming and memorable mm-hmm. and fun to watch in yep. the way, you know, their fans wear hats that match the characters. Yeah. Oh, it's really so cool. good. It's but there's so not, good. It's not, like, um, it's not like some of the classic fighting games where you're seeing a story develop as you play through the channel. Yeah. But yeah. I do want to say, like, I mean, granted, we're, we're all commentators, right? And obviously our, our job is to sort of look at um, what is the viability with esports. But I do think there is a sort of you don't quite know. Right. Smash sure. fought for years for the respect to yeah. be considered an esports title. And for a long time, it was like, no, baby game. Like, this will never be Street Fighter. This will never be big. Yeah. Yet look at it now. Every, uh, yeah, look <laughs> at it now. And look yeah. at how, like, at every Evo, there are two Smash pools. Yeah. Melee being the bigger one, of course, because that is the more hardcore version of the game. But don't sleep on, like, Smash Wii U, which is more fun to watch because it's not the same eight people, same nine yeah. people every year who, mm-hmm. who make it to the finals. And I would say that Splatoon out of the gate didn't quite have the esports attachment. And I would say that if this thing doesn't get there, Mario Kart is proof that you don't have to be. Like, look at Mario Kart's not well, an esports. Like, isn't that yeah. crazy? Like, yeah. we all love it. it. It is this crazy roulette race, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, idea. Mm. But 
there's not a single tournament on the internet that's for a big prize pool of any kind. Yeah, generally, I, I mean, why. racing has always struggled to get to the the top, even though it's it's. I'm glad fun you brought that up. Some yeah. some of the racing games. Smash to me was always. I'm like, how can how can you not see the potential? It's just so fun to watch. There's so much variety when you see really good players play. It's just it's awesome. I think it was just a you know. It it just took a while for people to realize that it's not trying to be Street Fighter, it's not trying to be Tekken or anything. Yeah. It was it's this kind of like offshoot that's fun, like Power Stone, and in in a way, Arms, right? Like that's that what brings I was something everything you just said. You could check those boxes yeah, off, but the for speed arms. is not there. That's my yeah. my point. Is like True. Arms is more of a game of chess than Smash Bros. Smash Bros. is just beating the crap out of people. There's chess. Super you gotta fast. read. You gotta read people. Oh, you gotta. You gotta. But split seconds, and when you watch it, you're like, "How did he do that?" Yeah. Whereas with yeah. Arms, you kind of watch it unfold a little bit more deliberately. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Like, yeah, I th- I'm excited I think that's to see a, how uh, the community like gets attached to it and how yeah. it evolves in that way. Like, Absolutely. I think that we'll see some strategies that we never would have thought of having seen other people play. Like, it's, yep. it's gonna be fun. Yeah, and uh, um, so the side modes. Uh, I got to talk to developers on this game, and it was really funny because I found out that and I know this. So there are these modes that they showed in the uh, direct. There's a volleyball mode. There's hoops, which you've heard me like just rave about. I think hoops is hilarious. Yeah. Um, this idea that you are using throws to basically dunk someone through a hoop, Shaquille O'Neal style. That's great. <laughs> um, and uh, there's a skill shot, which is like target practice. But what I didn't realize, well, I kind of guessed at this, but they told me, yeah, well, we came up with these because we wanted ways for you to practice practice um and so like skill shot is practicing punching and hitting targets uh hoops is throw practice like this mm-hmm. is what we were going for and by the way the reason we made it basketball is because he thought that would be a hit overseas and i was yeah. like what uh, <laughs> that's kind of funny like yeah, they, they got thinking, volleyball yeah. and basketball yeah and volleyball is jumping training sports, which yeah. i don't think is a lot of fun by yourself if you played the volleyball 1v1 not as good if you play yeah. 2v2 a lot more fun because there's a back court there's a front court a little more strategy at play like mm-hmm. i like that um, because uh, like me and a buddy were playing this weekend and it was like, okay, I got it, or call up yep. ball, et cetera. Like, it's a lot more fun that way than just the 1v1. Like, I felt really bad for the first person I played in the test punch because I think the footage is on the site, but he had no idea what was going on. <laughs> so mean. And I'm just like, score. He'll come back. <laughs> they'll learn, they'll get you in the end. Yeah. But you brought up uh, co-op play, so volleyball oh, actually works pretty well with the co-op play, but the main campaign... I wasn't sure if I was having fun playing with two-player 2v2. I was it's not. The characters, so in, in that mode, the two-player characters, you're obviously playing on one screen, are, are tethered together. Mm-hmm. And so you see this court between them, and just it's just something that's not quite working with the kind of camera focus and the way you can, the way you can organize your play field with a friend. It, it, it wasn't that fun. So the camera is the biggest hurdle. Um, yeah, so you can, like Pear said, you can play through the campaign two players, and, and there is that tether. But it is the limited field of view. Like, you cut a line right down the screen, yeah. and what ends up happening in campaign a lot is that the computer-controlled player you can't see is just... Psh- yeah. Taking oh. swings at you. And, and even if your friend you, is yeah. watching for it, even if your friend is trying to cut them off, doesn't matter. Computer punchers are, are obviously a little better than you are, maybe. Yeah. It'll just come around, slap you in the face. And it then needed really a horizontal inf- split, not no, a vertical split. What really split. infuriated me was that uh, using a controller, and you can also do this with the motion controls, if you press, um, if you flick the right stick or if you press a button on the right uh, Joy-Con, I think it's the X button, you can change who you're looking yeah. at. There's an there's basically something that will shift your vision every once in a while on its own. Like there's an yeah. auto center. So like yeah. let's say I'm looking at Pear, but Alana's the closer fighter. Instead of letting me keep looking at you to throw that punch yeah. so I can catch you off guard, it'll be like, nope, you got to look at Alana. And that I'm like, is no. 
I got really upset this weekend trying to get through it on the normal difficulty. Not on, on baby mode, you can fly through it because the computer's not aggressive. But when you hit like, f- there's seven difficulty levels. When you use four as the middle ground, I just I was ready to chuck a controller. I, we we yeah. finished it, but it took forever, and we were so upset about it. I didn't check if there was an auto camera kind of off toggle for the co-op. I doubt it. I didn't see it, but you know I'll, I'll take a closer look. But That's, but I you know with this, I talked to you about about arms. I just I'm kind of I'm just happy it exists. It's just mm-hmm. such a weird game. Who yeah. who comes up with this stuff again? It's <laughs> like it's one of the most Sega games I've seen mm-hmm. Nintendo do. Just mm-hmm. character design and just kind of like the weird wacky thing where they start with something that's like punch out and then they go but the arms stretch and then they go but the punches curve and then they just kind of rift on that idea and I'm just you know ultimately I I just think it's cool that they have the guts to do something like that. Yeah, The replay mode is really fun too because you can uh, you basically can rewind any round of the fight and you can skip to any round of the fight so if it goes three rounds or it goes two whatever and uh, you can slow-mo it you can change cameras you can flip sides so I could have it behind Alana or I could have it behind myself like it, it it sounds like oh well, there are plenty of replay cams out there. It's really smart in the way they executed it. There's no way to save replays, though, which I think is kind of a, law, a bummer. Um, you kind of look for that in, in most like modern competitive games. Yeah. Just for I mean, but Overwatch doesn't have it, to be fair. Mm. Yeah. But um, you know, it, 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 it's fun to look over the footage and just kind of make the decision, whereas in this game you have to do it just at the end of the match, like you would at the end of a Mario Kart race. Um, but it is a Mario Kart team. All right, <laughs> next up to talk about, uh, are you guys playing Magic Kart Jump? <laughs> Is that the name of this thing? Quite a fair amount. Okay, let's talk about this. Alana, like, what do you think so far? Uh, I I actually don't like it as much as everyone else seems to. (laughs) All right, talk about this, because it's the strangest game. Have you you played it? I am playing it, yes. On and off. (laughs) Okay. First, I want to say I think it's very cute. Okay. I I even (laughs) like, like, the intro animation. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's very neatly designed. It's, like, cool concept art it's it's all very neat and it works it doesn't crash like it didn't have like the launch problems that some other uh nintendo mobile games have had so it all works fine you don't do a whole lot um <laughs> well which is magic carp though i mean yeah. that's a good point true to the character it's the aesthetic but i think it's i just find it really funny i feel like it's a yeah. joke like yeah, yeah. i feel like i'm yeah when it first was announced and people were downloading it i'm like this game is going to be 30 seconds you're going to get to the end it's like and then magic carp just laid there and he splashed and then it was over like i figured that was <laughs> the whole game yeah yeah but there there's like a reddit community that's yeah. like really getting into this game that i'm just like very confused by <laughs> yeah i, I uh it's a well-made bizarre game yeah Especially the angle or, or the aspect of it where you train this Magikarp and then on one loss, he is retired. Like, that's it. You're out of the game. You need a new fish. I'm like, that's messed up. Yeah, like, yeah. What, what, what are you yeah. teaching the children? Life of a Magikarp, man. You know enough. the multiplayer mini games that they had for Pokemon Stadium? Yeah. Yes. Like, there was yeah. a Magikarp one where you had to just jump more than everyone else. Right, like, right. I would love to have a mobile game just version of those because all they were was tapping A, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were a lot of just funny Pokemon mini games in those. In yeah. The stadium yeah. Game. It was like like run, ratatat, run, and then there was. Um, I think my favorite one was one where you had to like hypnotize, and you had to just basically oh, yeah, press the A yes. button when the thing was in the middle with drowsies. Like it was yeah. super cool. Like I yeah, love to have pretty. all of those on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that's, a good, that's a versus good idea. magic yeah. carp jump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. magic carp jump. No, it. Uh, <laughs> I, I I put in time. I keep checking it, and I'm like, why am I playing this game? But then I'm no, like, I, I think it's because the, the joke is there, and for yeah. whatever reason, it's keeping me entertained. But it is nice to look at. I really think that's part of what mm-hmm. is keeping you like playing. Exactly. Like it's it's pretty so it's yeah. like it's easy to consume it's dumb but like I, i've stopped playing at this point yeah it also has the pokemon touches that they wouldn't even give pokemon go like you think of the iconic 
Pokemon music and yeah. the themes. Yeah. This game kicks off with that. Don't and just I'm that like, one song. Why couldn't Go just have some of this? <laughs> yeah. It's like, nope, that's not how this works. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought that was weird. All right. Uh, finally, I'm playing uh, Seiken, uh, Seiken Densetsu Collection, which is basically the Secret of Mana collection uh, that came out in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it released on June 1st, so like May 30th here. I'm tempted. It's pricey, huh? It is. It's like 51. Well, if you buy it digitally, uh, if you go through Amazon Japan, I've heard that just like Amazon America, they are ag- aggressively discounting. So you can probably get a better deal on it. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, this, so this is all of the Mana games. Uh, this is Final Fantasy Adventure. This is Secret of Mana, which uh, in Japan was actually the second game they in the Seiken Densetsu 2. Yeah. And then finally, uh, the one we never got, Seiken uh, Densetsu 3. Speak for yourself. Uh, well, <laughs> I own the Japanese North America copy, okay. never got. I, uh, yeah, I lived in Japan when it came out, so I got Did you play one. it? Did you play through it? I, did, I didn't play through it. Okay. Um, I, actually, I actually played it pretty late. Um, I love the second one, mm. uh, Secret of Mana, and then uh, the 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 sequel is just so notable for because it's a late Super Super Famicom game. Um, the sprite work is awesome. The backgrounds are awesome. It's just so nicely put together. It was just confounding that this game never came out here. Yeah. yeah. So this uh, collection was handled by a developer in Japan called M2, and they do a great job on emulation and emulation yeah. projects. And it's just funny to me that the first Game Boy Advance and the first two Super Nintendo games mm-hmm. on Switch did not come from Nintendo. Yeah, they from yeah. Square. Did not. Square put this collection out. Um, and it has a bunch of little options, like if you're... Uh, you can save state anytime, load state anytime. Uh, for Secret of Mana, you can activate multiple controllers. Which it's a, it's the a Switch, three-player sure. game. Yeah, it's a you three-player can play, game. You can play the game entirely alone with two characters following you, AI-controlled. Or if your friends, uh, if you had the uh, the Hudson multi-tap back in the days <laughs> yeah. for the Super Super NES, you could mm-hmm. play with three people at the same time. So one, an RPG on a console, action yeah. RPG, Zelda-style mixed with Final Fantasy with three players at the time. Yeah, it's so crazy. Cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 You can do this with this version. Yeah, you can do this with this version. And uh, to its credit, too, Secret of Mana um, on Super Nintendo, again, this is Seiken Densetsu 2, has probably one of the best soundtracks in video game history. It's definitely within the top 25 easily because of the attention detail and just the melodies and the themes that they had at the time. Yep. Um, and uh, the Game Boy version, like you can I jump think between they've filters. released a, a vinyl of it. They have. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they have as well. Yeah. yeah. And they have like art that hangs out on the sides. Mm. Um, the, it, I think just overall, it's a bit overpriced. I know that some of the Japanese reviews have said like there's not <laughs> enough content in this, which is a fair thing that to, 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 I think to point out. There's not a ton of, sometimes you see collections like this and they include like a lot of bonus art and a lot of like just additional little things. Mm-hmm. You can listen to the soundtrack and anytime but i mean you could also play the game and hear it like i don't feel yeah. like that's such a novel yeah. introduction you know um but yeah it's super cool uh no announcement for the west so far yeah. i am i am so hopeful that square ponies up the money for the translation yes they have been fan translations of course yep. it ain't it's not that expensive to translate a game like this and it is not that expensive for someone to go through to the code and update it. I guarantee you they can do this if they wanted to. I want to be- I, I want to believe you. I I just think it is Square Enix. Uh they have been known for releasing pro- things that come out in Japan that don't make their way to the West. Yeah. Um and it is 
working with an old game, which I don't know if they want to pay him too yeah. extra money to put in the English, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the big, uh, and just to be clear, the big challenge with localizing a Japanese game for the West after the fact is that um, the amount of characters a sentence takes up in Japanese with kanji is much, it's much shorter than an English sentence or any other, you know, uh, European language, for example. And so they, they can't just say the same sentence in one screen. They'll have, have to, to break it up it. or they have to radically rewrite the script or they have to really get into the code and change it. But it's doable. We've it's, seen this done before. Just yeah. those three scenarios yeah. sound complicated. <laughs> but it's way cheaper than making a new game. And this could be a notable announcement for fans of, of a franchise like that or Square Enix fans to say here is an awesome RPG you've never seen in the West just on the Switch playable on the go How likely do with you think three that people come on do you think it'll happen no I don't either yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, uh, no. <laughs> I want to believe I want to believe alright uh, so we're going to switch over to news uh, and uh, the first announcement is possibly my favorite thing uh, but Monster Hunter was announced uh, Monster Hunter Double Cross was announced for Switch do you hear it the call um no look i'm really this this joke was planned but seriously like <laughs> what Mo, like so Seems this was the so thing that everyone was waiting for the other shoe to drop monster hunter uh capcom and nintendo have had a tight relationship and this was first of all this game came out on 3ds around the launch of the switch but the switch version uh will support internet crossplay online 1080p resolution when docked your old monster hunter cross or double cross save can be transferred over to the switch version and uh, Japan only I releases. Like you were starting to cry. I, I'm so about excited. to. Like this is the. This is do, you, do you know about Monster Hunter and Jose? <laughs> oh, I've heard. Oh, releases yeah. on August 25th. Uh, they even got a console bundle uh, that has like some cool little like designs around it. Granted, it looks low effort, but I don't care. Like it's Monster <laughs> Hunter. Like this is good. Uh, you seem my, very unenthused. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, the only low thing I am. I, the only thing I am sad about is that uh, I I don't expect it visually to punch much harder than Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate did mm-hmm. when it was released on 3DS and Wii U. Um, it was a good port, looked fine, but uh, it's not built from the ground up. You More know Wii game than Wii U game. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Looks-wise, yeah. 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 Uh, but still, Monster Hunter, on, like, no fan. Like, you guys never, I tried to get you. No. I, I saw the, I saw I the appeal. Play a lot of the Wii U. Yes, yes. I yeah. saw the appeal mm-hmm. and I saw the kind of great uh, design ideas. But like, I kept playing it. You're like, well, yeah, if you just play it like that, then you're not going to enjoy it. You got to really. Did I really you know, drop judgment yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> no, no. It was more like, hey, you got to play it. You got to play it with a friend. You got to learn I totally about the game agree. system. If you, I think because that's the way I started playing was actually with a Nintendo PR rep. And I think if you play it with someone, who knows how to do everything already, then it's very easy to pick up. It was yeah. like a breeze. Yeah. It's, but it's like one of yeah. those franchises I always wanted to play because I like the idea. I like the concept of like hunting these big monsters, building your characters, all that. Um, and uh, so, I have all the Amiibo, so <laughs> yeah. I figure I'll add a game to it someday. Oh, no, you're thinking of Monster Hunter Stories. That's uh, uh, coming out for 3DS, but no, I hear we're not, you. We're not going to be able to use the Amiibo in this one? I don't think so. Oh, what did I, I buy don't think that it has that functionality. It's, it is sad, but this is, this is a good day. Uh, still no announcement for the, for the West, though, which is sad. Um, hopefully, Cap- I mean, Capcom, in fairness, has not really done worldwide launches for, for a lot of Japanese stuff. Yep. Like, granted, I think Street Fighter might be the exception, but uh, I believe at least track record has been Japan gets a Monster Hunter and then mm. hopefully six months later North America gets yeah. one. Are you listening? Capcom. <laughs> From a business perspective, I mean, this is good news for Nintendo in Japan for the yeah. Switch. Oh, right? yeah. 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 That yeah. The, this franchise has just been selling so well for so I mean, many it's, years. It's, yeah. a, it's a great game to have on the Switch as well for something that you can play on your TV and play handheld. Like, I think that like Monster Hunter is the, the perfect game for that. Yep, yep. All right, so then... uh 
Pokemon Gold and Silver has a soundtrack that is getting a vinyl release called Johto Legends. Uh, it is a one-hour orchestral arrangement. It will be available as a two-vinyl uh, set for 40 bucks, courtesy of I Am 8-Bit. And uh, if you pre- uh, pre-orders opened on May 31st, so that was actually yesterday. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, they're all gone now. Yeah. Uh, yes. You did? <laughs> I, yeah. I lo- uh, Gold and Silver are my favorite Pokemon games. Oh. And just I, I having that nostalgia come back kind of made me instantly go for it. Also because... I am a bit does such a good job usually with these oh, yeah. productions, so mm. I it was a no brainer for me. Let the record show that uh, Mr. Dornbush is wearing a, a Pikachu t shirt. Yes. Oh in wow! Case you're listening you're gonna, to the audio yes, this version. This was here. totally planned. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> Uniqlo yeah. special. Uh, I might be wearing one too, but you'll never know. <laughs> um, so no, I'm excited by this, and I, I like the idea of a lot of these soundtracks just being re released. Like this has always been a cool thing, so I, that's why I thought to include the story. Next up, uh, Square's Tokyo RPG Factory revealed a new game called Lost Sphere. It's coming out for Switch, PS4, and Steam uh, on PC, and this is basically uh, the team behind. I am Setsuna, uh, but with you know a, a different style game scheduled for release early 2018. Bear in mind, uh, my understanding of Tokyo RPG Factory is that they are deliberately making RPGs that have the sort of the touch and and feel and and sort of nostalgia of the Super Nintendo era, mm-hmm. which arguably that and part of the PS1 era may have been the best time to ever play an RPG, in my but, opinion. But not pixel art, right? They're, they're more kind of like 3D. have that hand-drawn yeah. look. So yeah. yes. if you think back to the 16-bit era of, of Japanese RPGs, like it's the cover art version of those games that you get. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Cool. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was a physical copy made available for pre-order. I thought this was silly. If you pre-order, you get two extra music tracks at launch. What? I don't know how I feel about that. Horrible <laughs> um, music. That is a little strange. You that's, are a soccer. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be it. Uh, next up, Dragon Quest X. A lot of news out of Japan. None, they're just letting everything go. Uh, Dragon Quest X PS4 and Switch release uh, was announced for Japan. Now, remember, this is the MMO flavor of Dragon Quest, and it is mm-hmm. comes with a monthly subscription. I know on Wii U, even though it was region locked, if you were able to get a, a Japanese Wii U to the States, you still needed a Japanese IP to be able to play. Oh, I don't yeah, know if right. they're going to go that hardcore this time or yeah. if they'll just let the Western players Not through. region locked, so yeah. maybe... Yeah. Switch isn't. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so there's a monthly fee, but it's called the All-in-One Edition because it's they've had multiple versions of the game since it came out. Um, but uh, this is still a big deal. So for uh, July... Wait, where is this beta test from July 19th to August 10th? There's a sign-up page for that. You can find it on IGN. And uh, the PlayStation 4 version releases August 17th, followed by the Switch version September 21st. Weird Switch game for one reason. The selling point of the Switch is that you can take it with you. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be able to play on the go well, very easily. Yeah. But I guess in your hotel room, you can connect and continue Our play books. your MMO. But yeah, yeah. Yes. it's a little different from a phone that's Still always on. Still some airlines. Yeah. You can hotspot from your phone these days. Yeah. You can. I've played Splatoon that way. It oh, yeah. worked really well. Jose oh, sometimes yeah. calls me from a cab. He's like, I'm playing Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, dude. Was the I drunk? ad is real. <laughs> that's what you sound like. <laughs> that's what I sounded like? <laughs> that's uh, what you always sound like, Jose. I didn't Karen is here. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's a, a, a folks have been asking for uh, Nintendo Switch Karen to be a guest on NBC. I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. Wow! Started, I saw anybody know 
someone, Karen. She somehow got picked up because people found her Instagram account and she like lists her bio as like from the Switch commercial. No way. Uh, yeah, it's. Oh. I just she, she's like kind of capitalized on shoot. that. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. Do that. Karen, Karen, you gotta come on. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna play Switch together. Oh, that'd be great. I right, hope it's got uh, Nintendo the rooftop Switch, of IGN. Yeah. We'll do a party. We can we're do not it. Gonna, yeah, we're not gonna drink. We're just gonna play. Excellent. Okay. Nintendo commented recently on why they haven't made a new Advance Wars, and Pear was not happy about this. Let me begin. So this was coming from a Eurogamer interview where they were asked about, you know, what's up with the new Advance Wars. And Nintendo producer Hitoshi uh, Yamagami said, personally, I'd love to do an Advance Wars, but since it's harder to create relationships between its characters compared to Fire Emblem, I don't have a clear idea of what kind of setting it could have. Uh, the Fire Emblem side producer for Intelligent Systems uh, echoed his statements. This is Masahiro Higuchi. He said the Advance Wars series is one that I personally have a lot of interest in. A reminder for folks, this guy actually worked on the original Advance Wars. And he continued to say, I hear some of the staff uh, here saying that they want to make one too. So if we have a chance, if it's something I'd like to do. Cut to pair. Well, at least they didn't <laughs> say, no, we hate that series. We're done with that. But I, I'm concerned. Like, Advance Wars is similar to Fire Emblem in that you move, you know, units around and battle, and there's kind of like a weapons wheel, just like with a classic with a Fire Emblem games. Um, but it doesn't have, like, when a unit dies, you don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. Like, with Fire Emblem, it's a person, yeah. right? With Advance Wars, and a back you have the CEOs who are in charge of the army, yeah. but the army are... When they get killed, you're like, yeah, it was just a soldier. You oh, know, yeah, like, you don't get a backstory, you don't get love interests, you don't get like there isn't this whole we- web of things you can discover but, from that character. But that's so could you not? Because like I played a bunch of Fire Emblem, haven't played Advance Wars. Couldn't you like adapt that? To, for sure. Could you make they, that happen? You could. You could, for example, do what uh, back in the days like Warcraft Three did and bring in yeah. heroes, right? Yeah. So you could have the COs <laughs> on the battlefield. Um, and I, I, I don't know if it has to, though. I, I wanted yeah. to say that, too. Yeah, I, think that, I, I think it was an odd answer from mm-hmm. him, just given yeah. that. But they thought about it. I think they talked about it. That what you're getting is kind of a snippet of the inside where they go, the reason why Fire Emblem is now getting popular is because you connect with these characters so much. Which is probably true. Like, yeah. it's, you know, a hugely cosplayed franchise as well. There are so many Fire yeah. Emblem cosplayers because wow. you get really attached to those characters and Andy. their design. So Thank you. <laughs> Got a big, wait, is that the kid with the wrench? Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, anytime that I see yeah. that kind of response, it's like, it's something that we'd like to do. It means, yeah, it'll happen in a decade, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Like, or they're not working on it. I mean, they right now they do the, Battalion we'll Wars. The GameCube and we not as good. I played, no, not as yeah. good. Yeah. So there, there, no, there no. was a game that was yeah. originally a different <laughs> franchise, and then they kind of kludged it like Star Fox Adventures yeah, to that fit into sort of, the yeah. Advance Wars universe, and then they didn't have the guts to call it Advance Wars. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was a very different game. It was really interesting. Yeah, I, I but think, I, think yeah. I love the Advance Wars games, and I want the characters to appear in Smash Brothers and be a bigger thing. That would be cool. Yeah, I think the challenge for those guys is. They, I don't want, I, and I don't think fans want this either. I don't want those series to be too similar. Like I think that yeah. Advance Wars and Fire Emblem need to be different varieties. Like for example, Fire Emblem, uh, and I was listening to uh, um, a good podcast on this. Uh, I believe two of the localizers on Fire Emblem were on A4 Play, uh, John Riccardi and Mark McDonald's mm-hmm. uh, podcast that they run out of Japan. But they were talking a lot about the early days and how this was a series that to uh, to Nintendo, it was basically western fantasy through a japanese lens Mm. and advanced wars by that extension is military fantasy via Mm. japanese lens as well Mm -hmm. but that's really the only thing they ever shared like the character backstories the complexities and eventual relationships that got introduced with awakenings were really fire emblems thing and like you said with advanced wars there was that separation of you're not attached to units you you have to if anything 
sort of struggle to get resources to pump out more units. You can build you can, units. Yeah, yeah that's a yeah. big difference, yeah. right? But the Fire Emblem doesn't do that. And it's base capture. It's all about capturing cities as you explore the map. And then, you know, the Dual Strike, for example, had like air and land battles on different screens. Like yeah. there's, there's a lot that's different about those games. Yeah. But at the core, it's still the certain unit moves a certain number of um, of spaces and is stronger against a certain type of yeah, unit. Yeah, but like, I mean, if they have those similarities, then it does make sense to have them be more separate. So that yeah. answer is very odd. Yeah. Like, what did he say? But since it's harder to create relationships between its characters compared to Fire Emblem, I don't know. Yeah. Like, why do you need to do that if, if I, one game already kind of I think up? also it's a Fire Emblem interview. I think he's just, like, he's trying to lean about, it back yeah, like, towards true. that in, yeah. in fairness to him. Yeah, yeah pivot, the pivot. Yeah. You love the pivot, uh-huh. this turn. And let's go to something else. Um, but but yeah, I, I I agree with Alana. I think this is more a question of uh, when and not if. And I think that right now that team is concerned with getting the moneymaker out the door and getting it on Switch, yeah. which mm-hmm. is Fire Emblem Switch, which I think they commented in another interview. It will be beautiful. And I'm like, well, no, <laughs> really? You don't say it will be yeah. pretty. Um, but yeah. we'll, we'll see guessed. that game. We're making a disgusting looking game. <laughs> yeah. and, we hope and it's enjoy. Fire Emblem <laughs> yep. on brand. Yep, there we go. Uh, and that's our show. <laughs> this week like we're pretty much that that's all the news we have um and uh a little short this week but next week make sure you're here mm-hmm. big predictions episode Four right e3. for e3 mm-hmm. which is the following week and a reminder for folks because i need to read it off paper um that we're going to be having our own e3 festivities and uh, so you can join us tuesday june 13th and starting at 8 30 pacific time uh check your local listings for your area's time because i've gotten it wrong before but we're going to have a pre-show leading into the nintendo spotlight where we're hoping to hear a lot about what's coming for switch but so far they've set the expectation it's going to be mostly what's coming already for switch yeah <laughs> so we'll see what happens uh we'll see where see that more mario up. i'm totally down for more yes. but i think it'll be more yeah. interesting i mean if you go back to last year's hmm. prediction episode for uh, nvc it was that we predicted zelda would be shown at e3 you don't oh yeah we got that right that would we got that the year before we said they'd leave with Star Fox. we got that right yeah um and, huh. and there were a few others i yeah. can think of a few there are also times where we said very crazy things oh, but we will again yeah. we will again yeah all right so make can, sure you if i if i can come then <laughs> that means it'll be crazy and i'm gonna be pulling my hair out but thank you so much for uh for watching and for listening remember uh, last bit of housekeeping you can find the show on ign.com head over to the shows tab and find nintendo voice chat you can also find us on your podcast device or head on over to youtube.com slash nintendo voice chat there's a lovely comment section there you can let us know your feedback or if not Email us, nvc at ign.com. We'd love to hear from you and hear your thoughts. Send us a couple of your predictions, but we're going to have a lot of crazy ones of our own, but I'll pick some out of there. Just make sure you put in the subject line, E3 Productions, uh, put 2017 in there just in case I know (laughs) what year you're talking about. I don't want to know about 10 years from now. Emails are complicated. They can be. Thank you uh, again so much for listening, and you can find Pear Schneider at... Pear IGN. On Twitter, you can find Alana Pierce at... Charalanazad. Love that name. And you can find Jonathan Dornbush at... JM Dornbush or on MySpace. Just find me there, probably. (laughs) Still? You're the last guy. Yeah, my top eight is kind (laughs) of lonely, so yeah, come hang out. Him and Tom, they're still broke. You and a bunch of musicians. (laughs) Yeah, Fun. Yeah, my Paramore page is going really well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. We'll be back next week with another fun episode of Nintendo Bush Shop.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.